Hi, it's Philippa here. Just before you listen to the episode, I want to let you know a couple of things. First of all, Jules, my guest today, is a therapist here in the UK. Um, I know that the licensing and way therapists, the way therapists work in other parts of the world are different. But I just wanted to let you know that um, in case anything Jules says um, seems strange or um, not quite the way it would be in your country. I don't actually have any specific things I'm thinking about, but I just thought it was worth saying that. The other thing is that Jules talks about her work with SARC, which is the Sexual Assault Referral Centre. She just mentioned SARC and she also talks about that there she works with women who've experienced sexual assault. We don't talk in detail about anything that she has worked with the, with those women, but I wanted to let you know now so you can decide if this is perhaps not a good episode for you to talk, listen to. Most of the episode is about teenagers, and if you find talk of teenagers triggering, please don't listen. And I'm kind of joking there because who isn't triggered by their... Uh, teenagers I know I certainly am but on a very serious note if even the mention of working in a sexual assault center is not good for you today please take care of yourself and don't listen to this episode okay and now on with my chat with Jules hi and welcome back to the HSP connection I'm Philippa Robinson This is where we share stories, insights, and strategies to help fellow highly sensitive people navigate their own path to living a fulfilling and meaningful life. We're on a mission to reclaim the word sensitive and help the world see the strength in sensitivity. Today, anybody watching on YouTube will see it's just me, as in just me and not Robbie. Um, But I do have with me, once again, my wonderful friend, Jules, who came to talk to us in episode 30 about grief and her experience of grief um, personally and, you know, from her um, work experience as a therapist. And she's back again today, I'm really pleased to say. Um, We've got loads of topics that we want to talk about over the next year. But today, um, we're going to talk about Jules's work with teenagers and young people, because personally, I'm really interested in that. I've got two teenagers, and I know a lot of you out there listening will have teenagers, young people in your life. So I thought this was a really great conversation to have. Jules agreed to have it with me, and that's amazing. So Jules, hi, welcome back to the podcast. Hello, good to see you. Good to be back. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's really good to have you back. And today, ooh, we're going to talk about teenagers and young people in our lives. You've got two, I've got two. Um, uh-huh. You know, you work with a lot of them and have done. I know you're not working with them quite so much now, and we'll come on to that in a moment, what you are doing. But you have a lot of experience that you can share with us. And um, I'm really grateful to you coming you. to coming to do this so um where should we start um I think if I I will ask my first question and we'll see where we go so my 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 question that I'd like to start off with is you work have worked with teenagers and young people and let's just say teenagers from now on but we mean teenagers and young people yes um 
in various settings and yeah. you know maybe you can sort of the answer to this question will probably um mean that you tell us about some of those settings but what i'm really interested in is what are some of the themes that you know have come up really while you've been working with um teenagers because i know that you know we've had a few things go on in this house already and i it's really easy for me to think it's just me that is just us that is going through mm. these. So I would really love it if you could just give us a little bit of a um, an idea of the sort of things that the teenagers bring to you. Yeah. Okay. I made a list, um, and I might think of other things while I while I look at my list. But anxiety and low mood or depression um, is pretty high. Um, disordered eating. Yeah. Um, I worked in a college, so there was quite a lot of academic stress, um, students' own expectations and parental expectations, um, parents separating and blending families and the difficulties that can bring, uh, bullying issues, friendship issues, identity, uh, including uh, sexuality, gender identity, bereavement and loss and family issues issues within the relationships within the family um phobias ocd and uh, i also work in the sexual assault service in cardiff so um i'm part of the uh if they've been through the court system or not i'm part of the aftercare system there so uh, if they've been um sexually abused i i the counselor there also Wow. wow, but that's but that's tough, and we'll come on to to that mm. later. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot of wide ranging issues. And what there's a couple of things that strike me about that. Yeah, one is that those are issues that you could have read out if you were working with adults. Yes. So, you know, because I think it's really easy to think of teenagers and young people as like different, but but they, I mean, I know they're not adults, but they're just people, aren't they? Yeah, human beings. Human beings. And really, we all go through a, um, a wide range of feelings, emotions, anxiety about things in our life. So yes. actually, a lot of what our teenagers are feeling, we're going to we're going to recognize, really, if, yes. if we can see it. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully it's about introducing uh, normalizing those yes. feelings um and helping with strategy coping strategies that will help them throughout their lives into adulthood yeah yeah so, oh. so it strikes me that the, the 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 young people that you're work that you have worked with in the past are Obviously, I mean, if all this, this probably all sounds a bit obvious, but you know, they're the adults of the future, aren't they? So yeah. they are going to present. They might present in a slightly different way, but the underneath, the underlying feeling is is a lot of what we as adults would understand because yeah. we have those feelings yeah. when we're when in our adulthood. Um, whether we've addressed them and how we deal with them is a different thing altogether. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the value of early intervention, yes. which is what brought me to work with children and teenagers in the first place, you know, is so important. So, yeah. Yeah. And 
and they can work sometimes i find young people work more quickly than adults or not it depends what the issue is but um yeah yeah yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? So, I mean, and as you say, I think we know more now, don't we? We know better. We know how, if these things aren't resolved and aren't treated, what they can turn into. Mm, yes. Yeah. yeah. The, the other thing that struck me when you read through that list, for me, it seems quite obvious that nearly all of those things that you read out are all to do with self how, or will have an impact on self. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, a huge impact. And how they see themselves, how they feel about themselves. um, And how they place themselves. And and what does this mean to them being in the outside world? Yes. Yeah. 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 So if that is needing attention in their teenage years, it it is just really important that it, it gets some space. Yes. Yeah. And psychoeducation, you know, um, if if the young person is up for it, some information about about what's happening in their brains, you know, yes. what's happening in their brains right now when they're completely rewiring the frontal lobes, you know, um, and reasons why they f- can feel the way they do, and the importance of sleep, and all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah, the importance of sleep, that's a real big yes. one in this, in, in yeah. this house. You know, yes. uh, yeah, my yeah. teenagers, oh, no, I can stay up a lot later. Yes. Yeah, but you can't get out of bed in the morning. Yes. yes. I guess it's learning to value sleep, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah, you're right. So mm. um, where? So it, when? So rather than pick out individual topics, I think, because mm-hmm. f- cause because of that sort of, I suppose, common theme that I think I can see running through there, really, that it is all about self. At a time when hormones are raging and their brain is rewiring and, um, you know, they're working out, you know, they're realising the next step is coming. Yes. You know, the the, the turning 18, the going out into the world, whatever that is going to look like for them. But it's definitely a major development stage, isn't it? Absolutely. And it can be overwhelming. Yes. So what I try and do firstly is just to provide a safe space, excuse me, for them to explore those feelings. Yeah. And for the it takes time for the the relationship to develop between us. And you can't rush that. Um, So making them aware that it's going to take time for me to get to know you and you to get to know me and to feel comfortable. Yeah. with each other and then you know just being patient I guess and, and normalizing that as well so normalizing what they're feeling yeah yeah and also that it can take time yes for the work for them to feel comfortable with me for the work to be to start to be you know uh, therapeutic yeah so, so do you get some that don't stay yeah I do I'm not the therapist for everyone um some young males I find sometimes find it difficult to talk about their feelings to me yeah um and that's probably my trickiest client group personally so um yeah 
when I used to work privately with um, teenagers, we'd have a short, a couple of short sessions to see sometimes to see whether, you know, how they felt about me and whether they felt they could open up and connect. So that that was quite useful. So yeah, I'm not the therapist for everyone, and I and I can refer on to other therapists. Yeah. And, and also, okay. some of them are not ready as well, aren't they? Some of them. No, it, timing is hugely important. Yes. Timing yeah. is so important. Yeah, yeah. Because I know I've I've suggested to at least one of my children or young te- teenagers, yeah. young people, that they might like to talk to somebody else, and they are absolutely adamant that they won't. Yeah. So yeah. There, there's 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 no point because I know no. that they will. They might they might appear. They might turn up where they're supposed to turn up, but they won't say anything. So there's no. Yeah. I mean, and why would I force them? No, absolutely. And you know, I have worked with young people whose parents are so desperate for them to engage. Yeah. That um, they turn up, and I say, "Do you want to be here?" And they say, "Not really." My, you know, my parents want me to be here, and it just doesn't work. But I can understand that um, parental concern and just they just want to help, you know, I understand that. But it's got to be the right time. Yeah. Yeah, it it really does, doesn't it? And um, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here. So um, if, you know, if anybody's listening and they they're in that sort of situation so they're a parent um mm. or I mean they might be the teenager um but who the pair so if they're a parent and they have a teenager that they would like to engage with somebody if they if they don't you know if the teenager can't engage with the parent they would like them to engage with somebody else but they are reluctant mm. or I mean actually yeah just stick <clears> on that one have you got any wise words that you could okay. share with them just to help yeah feel, feel a bit like they're perhaps doing something because I think that's how I would feel yeah a bit a bit useless a bit lost yeah. yeah a bit lost yeah keep trying to communicate if that's okay for the young person and also the, the parents need the support sometimes while the young person's working through it so young minds is a really good website I often recommend and there's a section on there for parents as well um and also, you know, they can send that if 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 it's too much for the young person to talk to someone, maybe they can look at some literature or a website or a book or, you know, other forms of information or normalising their feelings rather than speaking face to face to someone, something more manageable and accepting. Yes. Yeah. That's great. And I, I loved what you said, actually, that the parents need support. So maybe yes. if the maybe if the young person will not yeah. engage with support, maybe yeah. actually the, the parents. Yes. Could, yes. Yeah, yes. That and, is and such a great reminder. Yeah, they can have their own therapy, their own support and until or you know, while they're going through this with their um child or, or young adult. Yeah, yeah. Great advice. And do you do you feel that more um, more teenagers, young people are seeking therapy? Have you seen an increase? Yeah, I do. I think there's more awareness from a younger age in schools and also high profile cases in the uh, news. Which can trigger a lot certainly I'm just thinking of my role in uh, 
in SARC can trigger a lot of referrals. Um, college, when I worked in a college, they knew that I was the college counsellor and they, they, you know, they could self-refer themselves. Um, and that was normalised. And I've worked in primary schools as well. So quite from a young age, really, I, I think there's more awareness. And from um, professionals also who refer to me or have referred to me via different organisations, agencies, charities. What, referred young people to you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also used to be a bereaved support worker for Cruise uh, yes. Bereavement, yeah, when I was training. Um, they're a great organisation as well. And so, yeah, more awareness of the emotional needs, I think, now. And um, so much on social media for young people out there. So, yeah. Yeah. There is a lot out there. I mean, gosh, if if there'd been so as much out there as there is now when I was younger, I, I, I don't know how much I would have engaged with it, but it, it it's, I mean, I'll never know, but it would be interesting to see what would have happened by yeah. then. Um, I think there's, there's, there's a huge amount. And uh, so the discernment of knowing which bits to take advice from and which bits to actually, you know, you know, not touch with a barge pole is quite yes, tricky, isn't it? It is, yeah. And self-diagnosis, you know, have um, teenagers come to me and say, oh, I've got this or I've got that or I've got, you know, looking for a label to kind of understand why they feel like that. But, you know, it's about talking that through and I'm not a, a clinician. I can't diagnose people. Um, so yeah, that can be tricky sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you mentioned labels there. Do you, do you feel that young people that we're talking about today, mm. having a label or having, having a way to, or something to call what they're feeling, do you find that helps them often or, or not? Yes. Um, Sometimes I do. Um, I'm not sure about labels, to be honest. They can be helpful. I'm just thinking of, uh, of young people in schools can get additional help if they do get have a label, and that's really important, Yeah. or get the help that they need. Um, but, yeah, for young people, just finding those words to help them describe how they're feeling. Yes. Be useful, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. not a, not a label to sort of go right, you're this, you're in this box, and yes. that's what that means. Because, yeah, even within like you know, whatever label it is, there are so many individuals who will be having their own new, unique experience, yes. You know, it, it's not to restrict what their experience is going to be, it, yeah. it's to. Um, so if I can only liken it to me discovering I'm an HSP, so yeah. which I discovered two and a half years ago, what yeah. that has helped me do is have language to yeah. to use to describe um, yeah. how I feel about things and what I need, and yeah. and that has really helped me. And when my youngest was di- was diagnosed with dyslexia three years ago, yeah, um, that that was really great for him because. He, I didn't know, but the first thing he said to me was when I told him that actually yes. he 
the the, the result was he is um dyslexic this yeah. first response was oh god does that good he said does that mean that I'm not stupid then so mm-hmm. I didn't know that that is what he had been feeling because he hadn't yeah. vocalized that so yeah um I mean it has been interesting how that then plays out at school you know it's very yeah. much this is what is available for dyslexic children it's like yeah okay but are you taking account of his particular form of dyslexia and you know and so it's all been a bit of shambles to be honest but personally from his point of view it has been a very positive thing to understand yeah that his struggle to learn and show what he's learned in the way that is the very narrow way that is expected of him at school the reason he struggles with that is because he's not in that very narrow channel of young people who can learn and perform in that way. Yes. Insight and understanding of why, yeah, very important. Yeah, it is really important, isn't it? And yeah, um, And some schools are better than others. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Yeah. I hope they are. (laughs) Yeah. I hope they're not all um, a bit, yeah rubbish but um you know we'll get we'll 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 get there it feels a little bit like for us that at the minute that school is like an endurance test but we are kind of near there and that can be the way for a lot of young people yeah and I think that is normalizing as well it does school can be really tough and not for everyone no Mm. and I think a lot of the things that you talked about in the list at the beginning of things that that, that young people present with often are centred around school. Yes. Um, like the parents' expectations, yeah. the bullying, the yeah. need to achieve and all those things. Um, and I, oh gosh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not saying it was easier. I don't know whether it was easier because I'm not a teenager now and it wasn't mm. easy when I was a teenager, but it's very different. I... I keep saying to my kids, I, I don't know what it's like to be a teenager now. No. You know, it so was, I, I yeah. need you to help me understand what your experience is like. Yeah. Be- because m- my experience was completely different for yes. all manner yeah. of reasons. Um, so I think that's how I try and connect with my yeah. kids. By asking that's a them great, great to thing explain. to say to them. Well, and, they've you know, they've got an online life and an offline life and navigating what to share what not to share what to like what oh my goodness I can't imagine how hard that must be um I I was a particularly rebellious teenager um and for various reasons and I didn't engage academically in school but I had a great social life and great group of friends. So I, I really enjoyed school, but not for any academic <laughs> reasons. Yeah. Um, but I do get, um, I have had clients who have just found school just too overwhelming and are doing homeschooling now or um, uh, find, found other ways of studying. And it does that doesn't have to be forever either. They may things may change. They may yeah. find that they want to go to a college in years to come to do further training. And you know, that that might be the right fit for them then. So 
Yeah, because yeah, I, I do think there is this sort of very narrow view of what teenage years are going to be like. And you're going to work hard at school and play hard and you're going to come out with your exam results. And that is going to dictate where the rest of your life goes forever. Mm. And it's like so much pressure. Yeah, a lot of pressure, isn't it? It is. And yeah. Could it just be one step at a time? And, yeah. Um, I mean, for me, the most important thing is that my boys both leave full-time education with a degree of self-confidence yes that doesn't come from exam results yes um that's what I would wish for them obviously their life will be a lot easier if they've got some exam results to take with them um yeah but I think that lots of exam results no self-confidence is is it's, it's, it's tricky it's tricky yeah absolutely yeah um I'm wondering um so you, you know I'm an HSP you know I'm an HSP and I think you said to me that you discovered about highly sensitive people through me or via yes, me yes yes yeah. yes I did, and, yeah and I wonder if you I suppose you know you you're, you're you're not working with young people. You've not worked with young people since you found out about that. But I was just wondered, looking back, do you I am think? Ah, of course you are. Yes, yes. Sorry, of course yeah. you are. Yeah. So, do you think that maybe? Uh, and, and this is massive generalization, and you're not yeah. going to know. But do you think that maybe young people who are highly sensitive might find those years trickier? Yeah, perhaps particularly um, if things aren't going right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And or something you know, happens. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And things going right is great, but things not going right is what builds resi- resilience and builds, yes. you know, um, recover not recovering but you know failing and doing it again and doing things and finding the right yeah. not the right way but finding yeah. a path that works yeah it's actually really quite important it is um, but it's actually that, a re- at that stage where you're just working out who you are and what the world is yes. about and working out who you are in the world yeah and that it's okay I was telling a young person this week it's okay to fail but it's scary isn't it you know it might be the first time yes really scary yeah I remember my first epic fail because I was the absolute people pleaser and good girl when I was Mm. at school I worked really hard at school yeah uh, because that was my safe place and and and, uh, you know got some good results and went to university and you know but I got into university, but I failed my first year. That was my first epic fail. Um, and I had to, luckily, I didn't have to repeat the year because they allowed me to take the exams again just yeah. before the start of the second year. And I passed them and got back in. But that was my first epic yeah. fail. And I'm like, oh, OK, I can't just glide through everything and sort of get there. You um, learned. I you did. Learned well, that. I did. I did. What I probably uh, should have done is realise maybe law wasn't for me. <laughs> but anyway, no. I you learned that later. I did. Well, I did. Well, actually, I wouldn't be where I am now if I hadn't stuck with that. And where I am now yes. is absolutely great. So, yes. you know. Yeah, yeah. And there's no point dwelling on what else could have yes. could have yeah. been. Um, but, yeah, I 
I do think we don't know enough about high sensitivity and um I think there are a lot of highly sensitive kids out, out there who, yeah. you know, are not presenting with other things that perhaps we know more about, yeah. um, but are still in that, they're, they're still struggling. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. it's about, for me, I guess it's about recognising that more yes. with my clients and um, normalising those feelings. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm just curious. Do you think your work has helped you with your own teenagers? No. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. Too close. Yeah, too close. Um, I'm uh, with my own teenagers. I'm inconsistent, (laughs) too soft, uh, and and too emotionally connected you know that umbilical cord that invisible umbilical cord is ever present yeah and um no I don't think and sometimes it can be more frustrating because I know what they need to do or I know what would be helpful yeah and then and they're completely resistant completely resistant to all of it yeah and that's really frustrating. I can only imagine how frustrating that <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've got to accept that they are their own human beings on their own path. And they will get where they are meant to be in the end. <laughs> For them as well. For them. Them, yeah. Yes, yes. My expectations are my expectations, not necessarily theirs. Um, my parents were pretty laid back with me. And um, I know it was different times, but I think that's more, that's my approach is quite similar. And my friends certainly say, um, oh, yeah, I can see the way you parent your kids is the way that. I remember your parents with you. Right. Hmm. What a great testament to your parents then. Yeah, I don't know if it was always right or not. Or, you know, I just try my best yeah. one day at a time. Yeah. My, yeah. Well, that's all any of us can do, isn't it? I, yes. and, and I meant a great testament because I think we either repeat the way we were brought up or we go completely the opposite. So you've yeah. sort of repeated yours and I've gone completely the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, um, Sean's um, experience is completely the opposite as well yes. of the way he was brought up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it it, it is, um, and how we are brought up. I mean, it's all connected. You know, mm-hmm. it all. I mean, what I've done is actually go completely the opposite way and been like, you know, so polar, pole like you know, miles. Well, oh, I can't even think of the words. But actually what I'm having to do now, now I've got teenagers who need, who kind of walk all over me if I let them, I'm having to pull it back because so, I was really, really nice, dreadful word, but very, I don't know. I've probably spoiled them. Or, yeah, accepting. Yeah. And I've probably, yeah. not necessarily spoiled them materially, although there's probably no. been a little bit of that, but much more in my patience and tolerance Mm. acceptance of of Mm. what and I think that it's interesting actually because I say that I did 
perhaps I was too tolerant. I think they do have an idea of self because they're very, very different. I mean, I naively thought two, two boys, two years apart, same parents. How different can they be? <laughs> very, very different is the yeah. answer. And they are they are very different. And they're very, I mean, the insults they trade about their own differences, I mean, yes. fill me with horror sometimes, but they are very aware, I think, of their of who they are. Brilliant. I think they I think they yeah. are. Yeah. I mean, I obviously want them to be, so I'm looking for signs. I'm looking for, <laughs> you know, you know, positive bias sort of to confirm yes. what I think. But I do think yes. there is an element of that. So um, Yeah. Good. Yeah. But you know, yeah. we can only do what we can do. We can only That's do right. um, we can our our best, isn't it? Yes. And yeah. um so you've already, I mean, I love what you said about you know normalizing you know yeah. when I said what advice can you give and a lot of it is I suppose be there if they want to talk try and yes. make, try and make yes. the time yeah. Yeah. not always easy away from the house sometimes in a neutral place yeah at car journeys I often find are pretty good yeah no eye contact a bit less you're, you know you're both trapped <laughs> yes um less intense than sitting opposite each other or try you know so sometimes yeah. a car journey a quick two minutes you know and you might just get two minutes of that connection or yeah valuable conversation or yeah information that you wanted to know about them or just to ask them to you know share sharing I guess for them to give you a glimpse into into their world but um, I'm always aware that the role of a teenager is to um, become independent, isn't yeah. it? Separate from separate their exactly, yeah, yeah, and um, and that's okay. And, and you know, the role of a parent, I guess, is to um, you know, I believe healthy boundaries that um, can make teenagers feel safe and the role of a teenager sometimes is to kick those boundaries back down and we can still keep putting them back you know when, yeah. yeah 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 not easy but no. for both parties no not it, easy it, it isn't all. is it and I think the hard one of the hardest things which I haven't had to do too much of yet, but I know from other, because I've got quite a lot of mm. friends who've got older kids as well. Yeah. And they say is watching them go down a path that you feel is the wrong one for them yes. or is doomed or whatever, but you've yeah. got to let them do it. Yeah, try. And, it yeah. and it's like, oh my goodness. Very me. difficult. Very, very difficult. So again, you know, it's quite often the parents that need the support. Yes talking to other parents um, or personal uh, therapy or coaching or um, self-care, so important. Yes. Yeah. And you're modelling self-care for your teenagers as well because yeah. maybe one day they'll be parents. Um, so self-care so important. A bit of space between you and the, the, the young person yeah. is good. Helping. And actually what just came up for me then instantly which I haven't thought about is that I suppose so I I mean I've already said I was like you know I was the good girl I did not yeah. have rebellious teenage years at all yeah. and I think if I hadn't done the work that I'd done 
I would be having a I would be having a massive reaction to my more rebellious teenagers now because yeah. I would very I mean I'm a little bit like you don't know how lucky you are they don't know how lucky they are and that that's fine because they can they? how yeah. would they so not that you know I try not I don't say that very yeah. often. I, probably, I might have said it a few times but I certainly don't say it a lot but I think my inner landscape would be very like oh god you know I I towed the line I did this I did that mm. and look at mm. them thinking they can behave like that and I think mm. it would probably activate my inner Mm. rebellious teenager that didn't get a chance to rebel yeah um so I do think every child every step of being a parent every development stage brings out something in us parents absolutely yeah and my rebellious teenager is still alive and kicking <laughs> good I'm glad to <laughs> I am so glad to hear that and you know I have to really be mindful when she is triggered to try and remain in adult mode, you know, and and then, um, you know, I can give her a voice separately afterwards. Yes. <laughs> it's really difficult. And I don't beat myself up about that rebellious teenager being triggered within me as well sometimes. Yeah. You know, that I'm human. Yeah. I'm and, human. and also, I mean, being a rebellious teenager is quite fun. Well, it was a wonderful. <laughs> we had a great time. Um, I was with a bunch of other rebellious teenagers who are still, you know, my best mates now. Amazing. Um, rocky road sometimes, but but good fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm. and um, yeah, and it's it's all connected, isn't it? And you know, yes, we're talking about teenagers, but we're also talking about parents as much as we're talking yes. about. Yes. about teenagers and we're also talking about your role yes. as a therapist in this and mm. I you know I know you have lots of friends who are therapists and counsellors mm. and, um, and you know you've mentioned self-care as well and it feels like yes. it's bringing it all together because I know that you know compassion fatigue is a thing for me in my everyday life yeah. But you know, given what's going on around the world and mm. uh, and and lots of shit that gets flown out of, thrown at us left, right, and centre. Yeah. But for you, you know, working with so spending a lot of time with other people, human mm. beings who are looking to you for your support through their mm. tough times. Mm. I mean, that that is. You know, you you really need to look after yourselves. You really I need do. to look yes. after, you know, your self-care needs to be ramped right up, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, it really does. Um, can be so challenging, but so rewarding as well. Um, I've become more aware of that need for self-care. Being working in uh, Sarkfen and going into my eighth year, I don't think when I started I realised um, the impact of the work uh, or valued it as much as I should and over the years I have really taken it on board and I so I only work there part-time limited hours and a great team so my peers are very supportive um, brilliant supervision uh, good manager good team around me um, because the work can be particularly heavy and so the importance for me is sleep 
uh, good sleep and um, exercise. So walking the dogs, um, swimming. Uh, if I can, if I can commit to an exercise class, <laughs> I will. Yeah, um, Pilates, um, talking to friends, socialising, eating well. So it's just all about balance, isn't it? Yeah. It is. And it sometimes is. I don't get that balance perfectly right, you know. And but I strive to. Um, but yeah, the it can be. Um, I I can. I, it can be tiring sometimes. So really valuing an early night. Yeah, I'm sure. And and, yeah. and that compassion fatigue that I just mentioned, you know, oh. is is a real thing. I mean, it, it it's but you know, it, it's yeah. the, the, the the state. Well, I don't know. I mean, whether it's a yeah. stage before burnout, but it's definitely a precursor yeah. to full blown burnout, isn't it? If yeah. It, if, if it's not sort of taken Absolutely. seriously. When I was grieving, um, I I think I had a quite a, over two months off work. I think because there was no capacity for any work and yeah. you know just had to heal myself and look after myself um and because I enjoy the role so much and I really value the work I'm aware that if I want for longevity in this role I have to look after myself so um yeah I, I strive to find that balance yeah sometimes you- easier not so easy but it's a constant you know awareness yeah and th- and that goes right back to where we started where I mentioned about self you know you have to look after yourself yes because you need to bring your best self that you can yes. um into in into the, the the therapy role whether it's online yes. whether it's in the yeah. room because yeah. if you're not you know you're not in the best shape that you can be and like you yeah. said when you were grieving you you actually didn't work for a while because there wasn't capacity for anything else no no and you know being a hsp and going into that room you're picking up on so much more it's a physical it is you know you're picking up on everything like you said at the beginning you know you can sense all these things, your spidey sense, we call it in work goes up. And yeah. Yeah. So that has an impact on you. So that's me. made me smile, really, because, I mean, I haven't said to you about, I mean, I know I'm an HSP, but that's the first time I've heard you say that, that, mm. that, that you're an HSP. Mm. Yeah. I We've always had a awareness. connection. We When yes. we go, when we... So, you know, we're part of a bigger friendship group that, mm. you know, I met your partner at university and we've all stayed in touch. But when we all go mm. away, you and I always have, have had a connection and we'll yes. have deep, meaningful conversations. Yes. But do you now believe that you're an HSP? Yes. And I, I'm <laughs> looking back at my childhood also. Um, definitely. Oh. But I wonder if it was developed because I had quite a turbulent childhood, or was I just born that way? I don't know. I haven't worked that out. Well, you know, all the all the research says that the trait is innate, so it is okay. in it is in us. Because I think there are some people who um, talk about it being as a result of trauma. I, mm. I I don't believe. I'm you know I don't believe that, and I've not read any any, and okay. I've read research to the contrary. I do yes. think if we are HSPs, we have a deeper experience of the trauma yes because Mm. 
yes, the trauma is happening. Of course it is. And it is traumatic in its own right. Mm. And we are feeling it really deeply and we are processing it Mm. really deeply. So I think, believe, Mm. feel that actually that's why we, we, and maybe we don't know. uh, And that's where it comes from that some people talk about being highly sensitive is as a result of trauma I actually don't believe that um but I do think it makes it a deeper experience and the flip side of that is yes we feel it deeper and we probably experience the 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 trauma perhaps deeper than maybe our siblings do if we've sort of all we will all have had our own experience yes in whatever happened but actually we can we can feel and and process the healing deeper as well so we can really feel the trauma but we can also really feel the healing and I feel that's what I've experienced when I finally in my 50s was like right okay I've got to I've got to deal with this and then I discovered Mm. I was highly sensitive I feel I've just like gone oh yeah Mm. processed it all and thought wow you know and it's made such a massive difference to me yeah it's really interesting yeah, because I've always said, you know, oh, I'm terrible with grief. You know, I really go into it, and oh, you know, I'm just really bad with grief. <laughs> now I'm thinking, well, maybe that's why. Is she just mm-hmm. feeling it really deeply? Yeah. Yeah, but it's good to know you can heal really deeply as well. Yeah. Well, I feel that on when you came on to talk about grief. Um, you know, you told us about being in those feelings and staying yeah. in those feelings and not wanting to push them away. Yes. And yes, of course, you know, you are still on your healing journey around, you know, mm. the, the death of your father. And you are healing. Yes. Mm. I don't know. Interesting. That's, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you for coming and having this chat. That's a bit of a revelation to me. And I, 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 you know, I love that. I love talking about high sensitivity. I just think it's like a superpower and there yes. is so much strength in it. I mean, superpower is a bit overused these days, um, but there is so much strength in it. And you are really clearly demonstrating to us how you use your high sensitivity to do this really important work with mm. the people that you do. Um, and and also, I th- you shared with me just before we started recording, you said you'd been talking about high sensitivity. You didn't actually tell me then that yes. you thought you were highly sensitive. But you've been discussing it with some of your colleagues and some of your friends. Yes. Maybe, and that that they they think, actually, that a lot of uh, therapists, counsellors are highly sensitive. And I think that's right, because we are drawn to caring professions. Yes. We are drawn to connection. We are we're really good at it. Yeah. So um, I'm not so I'm not putting me with you. I'm just saying as HSPs generally, it's a really great profession for um, HSPs as long as you look after yourself. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming, having this conversation. I really enjoyed it. Um, Me too. Yeah. Is there anything I've not asked you or that you really Um, wanted to say and that you haven't had an opportunity? Not that I can think of. The one thing that I was also thinking as a HSP is sometimes I don't want it. I want to turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> I want to um, 
don't want to go into a room and read a room or, or forget those feelings. And that can be, I want a break. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that is a real uh, other side of it. And I, I, don't, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think you can turn it off, but you can, in time, I think, learn that, right, that's mm-hmm. happening and I don't want that. Now, maybe that means you leave the room. Maybe yeah. it means that you take just take a little break go to the you know yes. go to the bathroom and just take yeah. a couple of breaths and center yourself yeah. and come back or you know some people talk yeah. about you know that, that you know they will have a protection around them they will you know they'll have an energetic they will create oh, right. an energetic yes. Yes. sort of bubble around yes. them yes so that it, it can't come in and a lot of that also depends on where you are on the sensitivity scale mm. and, and within all the elements of being highly sensitive we will all be in a different place on the scale so Robbie who I record this podcast with yes. she feels other people's feelings so she's right on the top of the empathy scale now okay. all HSPs can really demonstrate empathy really feel it we are empathic but some yes. are like way up the scale and Robbie's one of those. I'm not. Yeah. So you might be. I don't think I am. Okay. So mm. then it might just be a an intentional. Okay. I'm. I. I don't want to feel mm. this today. And you have mm. to work out a way that that's going to work. Doing that. Yeah. You. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's all a and it just gives us the language. Like I said right at the beginning, yes. doesn't it? Yeah. It just yes. give yeah. and gives us a way of talking to others about it and we can work out what other people do yeah, and, how, yeah. and how it shows up for them because we're all different yes yeah giving Brilliant. us the language thank you it is <laughs> thanks so much for coming and you are going to come back we've already we've already talked about two other potential topics that we can talk about so uh this will go out before christmas 2023 so we'll 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 make some arrangements and have you back in 2024 if you're up for it absolutely amazing thank you so much thank you thanks for listening to hsp connection if you've enjoyed it hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes also we'd really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast and share it with anyone you think might be interested it helps others find us If you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can also leave us a review. To get in touch with us, you can email us at hspconnectionpodcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you with your thoughts and comments on the episodes and any suggestions you have for future topics and guests. We are both HSP coaches and speakers. And to find out more about Robbie, go to Robbie Lee. That's L-E-I-G-H dot com. And to find out more about Philippa, go to safeandsupported.co.uk. See you next time.